Good morning, church. And here we are, the last Sunday of November and the last Sunday of spring. Spring, as you've heard me mention many times, is a time of new life, of fresh beginnings. As we move into summer, we move into a season of warmth, of sunshine, of holidays, and of fun. Many of the trees that came alive during the spring season will begin to put fruit out now in summer. And so it is a season not just of fruit, but also of fruitfulness. And I trust it will be a season of fruitfulness in every area of our lives. It is a time to celebrate life. And that is my theme this morning. Celebrate life. But for many of you, and many people that you know, celebrating life does not harmonize with reality, does it? We still have a pandemic in our hands in spite of promises of a vaccine in the near future. You see that I'm wearing a black band today. Today is the last of five days of mourning in South Africa for the victims of COVID-19 and the victims of gender-based violence. Victims of COVID to me include more than those who died of COVID-19. I'm also thinking of those who died of other causes, but because of COVID-19, they had to suffer and die alone without the comfort of family and friends visiting and being by their side. I am also mourning the victims of another pandemic we are having in this country, farm murders. So today is a day of mourning in South Africa. These are difficult days. These are sick times. I'm talking to some of you who are still mourning the death of a loved one. I'm talking to some of you who are in the process of rebuilding your lives again after having suffered economically due to the pandemic and the lockdown. So, how can we celebrate life in the middle of sadness, chaos, uncertainty, and pain? Well, if you are watching or listening to me, the first answer is, hey, we are alive, so let us celebrate that. But you see, for the believer in Christ, there is more to life than life. (laughs) And I want to share with you today four reasons why the believer can celebrate life. Follow me as I share with you. And let us find motivation to celebrate life today. Listen, I'm going to mention quite a few scriptures in this message. So be ready to write them down so you can review them later. During the past few weeks, we've learned that we go through different seasons in our lives. Life on earth will always be marked by changing seasons. Some of us may not like these changes, but like the four seasons of the year, change will come to our lives. Yet, we need to remember that the Lord is the Lord of whatever season we may be in. No season is wasted in the kingdom. As we learn and trust in the Lord, every season will contribute to our growth, maturity, strength, 
and to bring us closer to God. Okay, so let's look then at four reasons why the believer can celebrate life. Number one, the believer has the giver of life in him. The very first reason we can celebrate life is because the giver of life is in us. John 6, 35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not be hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the what? Bread of life. John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Light of life. Amen. So Jesus, he brings life. He's the light of life. In John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will still live, even if he dies. What a comfort this is to those of us who have maybe lost loved ones. Jesus said, if you believe in me, you will live, even if you die. Our bodies may cease to exist in this planet, but our soul, our spirit continue to be alive with him in his presence. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Listen, the way, the truth, and the what? The life. Hallelujah. Therefore, Jesus is life. Life is not what happens. Life is not just existing. Life is a person, Jesus. And when we are linked to this person, we have life in abundance. That is very important. In the book of Revelation, you read in Revelation 21, 6, Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give freely to him who is thirsty from the spring of the water of life. <laughs> we need to have this understanding, this revelation that we are not in this world just living or existing, but we are connected to the one who is the giver of life. And his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Present life and eternal life. The life we get from Jesus is not only for this life, but it's for this life and for eternity. Now, you need to remember this in this last Sunday of spring, that when Jesus died, was buried and resurrected, it was spring in Jerusalem. You've heard me say that before. In this season, when dead things come alive, Jesus demonstrated that he truly is the resurrection and the life. That which is dead can come back to life if you trust in Jesus. If the giver of life lives inside of you, he can bring, to, he can bring life to your life. Life to a dying relationship. Life to a dream that was fading. He can bring hope and life to you. Hallelujah. So don't forget this. We can celebrate life because the person who is life and who brings life is inside us, walking with us, and he wants to live through us and to bring his life to all those around us. Amen. If you have given your life to Jesus, then you have the giver of life in you. As you do life, as you journey through life, he is with you 
giving you life. And this leads me to my second reason why the believer can celebrate life, which is this. Number two, the believer is not alone in this life. Amen? The believer, you are not alone in this life. I can celebrate life because it does not matter where I am, be it among a multitude of people or alone in a remote place, I am never actually alone. Why? Jesus said in John 14, 16, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. That word comforter or depending on the translation that you read, you know, counselor or helper, that Greek word means someone who walks by your side. And it can be translated as helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. Wow. And this is the person of the Holy Spirit that Jesus is referring to. He said, the Holy Spirit will be with us always, forever. The ministry of Jesus here on earth was for a short time and it was limited because he could only be at one place at one time as a human. And then he died, was buried, he rose again, and uh, then he ascended to heaven and he sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. When he said, I will send another comforter, that word another in the Greek means another one just like me. You see, it's not another of a different kind. If I say I want another car, I mean it means I want a different car. If I say I want different clothes, it means I want clothes which don't look like this one, all right? But if I'm enjoying a meal at home and I say I want another helping, <laughs> what am I asking for? I want another helping of exactly the same thing I've just finished. And that is the word that he's using here, another of the same kind. So the Holy Spirit is just like Jesus, but he's by our side forever. So it does not matter where I am. It does not matter how long I've been a Christian. The Holy Spirit is always with me. That means the believer is never alone in this life. And so this gives me reason to celebrate life because the giver of life is in me and because I am not alone. As you listen to this message, think about your life and where you are right now. You may be in a good place, perhaps in a comfortable situation. All good. You have food on your table. Everyone is healthy. You have a place to stay, a place to sleep in. Or you may be a person going through difficulties. You are struggling. No matter where you are, if you give your life to Jesus Christ, you have the giver of life inside of you. And he can bring new life to you, show you the real meaning of life. And whether you have abundance or whether you have needs in your life, you are not alone. And your situation can be changed. If you have needs, if you need a change, if you need wisdom, if you need a healing, if you need direction, you can be certain that someone is with you to help you and your situation will change. And this leads me to the third point of this message, which is the following. The believer knows the power of prayer. The believer can celebrate life because he knows 
the power of prayer. Jesus was very clear in teaching us to pray. He said the following in John 16, 24. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. Note that. He wants your joy to be full. If basic needs are missing from my life, my joy is not full. And so he says, ask in my name that your joy may be full. In Matthew, Jesus says in Matthew 7, 7, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it, it will be opened to you. And later in verse 11, he says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? <laughs> Listen, as fallen humans, our best deeds of kindness appear as evil compared to the goodness of God. However, with all our limitations, as fathers and mothers, we like to give good gifts to our children. If we could give more, we would. And so Jesus says, you being imperfect with all your weaknesses, you like to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven, who is good and powerful, give good things? To those who ask him. Now, there are some things in prayer that perhaps we do not understand. But the point here is not to understand completely, but to obey and to trust. As we read the word, we begin to realize that God works together with man. God expects us to ask him, to talk with him in prayer. You may say, but doesn't God see my need? Doesn't he know what I need? Couldn't he do something about this problem and make it go away? Yes, he could. He could do something about your problem. But he says, ask, seek, knock. It is required of us to seek the Lord. There is tremendous power in prayer. We need to rediscover, if necessary, the power of prayer. There is power in prayer. There is power in speaking to God in the name of Jesus. There is power in giving Him glory. There is power in bringing needs to Him. Hallelujah. There is power in casting out demons in the name of Jesus. There is power in resisting sickness in the name of Jesus. There is power in seeking wisdom from God through prayer in the name of Jesus. In Matthew 18, 19, we read the following. Again, I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. When two believers agree concerning something, and obviously that something is according to the will of God, this will be done for them. We need to learn to ask God, to ask with faith, to ask trusting. John fifteen seven says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. What a promise. But note that it is linked to us knowing the word of the Lord, knowing the will of the Lord to be in the word and the word in us. And then we can ask with confidence. I cannot come to God with confidence and boldness and say, Oh Lord, please give me wisdom. And a plan 
to rob that bank on the corner. <laughs> Listen, is that the will of God? Obviously not. I need money, Lord. Give me wisdom. I need to rob that bank. God is not going to help me with that one because I'm not asking according to his will. I can fast, I can pray, I can shout. And if I fast, all I'm going to do is get hungry because God is not going to answer that prayer because it's not according to his will. I'm using an extreme example here. But listen, there are many Christians making prayers that are not in the will of God. They are praying their own will. They want to calm the flesh. They want their own desire. They want to feed their pride, their own will. And it won't work. But if the word of God is in us, and we are in the word, that is, we are doing the word that we know, we will want to see the will of God being done, to see his name being glorified, to see lives being blessed. We can unite in prayer, and the word says that God will do it. But we have to initiate the process by Asking. James 5.13 says, Is any one of you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. So if we are happy, let us praise him. If someone is suffering, let us pray. Let us seek the Lord. There is power in this. James 5.16 says that the prayer of a righteous person has great value and can achieve much. Therefore, we cannot lose sight of the power of prayer. Which is the service in church that is the least attended one usually? Which one? <laughs> You're right. It's like prayer meeting. All right? When there's a conference on healing, on financial prosperity, a big worship concert, man, everybody is there. But call the people to spend an hour or two in prayer and everybody has an excuse. Why is that? Because the devil fights against this area of our lives as believers. Because it is extremely important in the life of the church and of the believer to pray. Prayer has power. And if I understand the power of prayer, I can celebrate life. I know the power of prayer in my own life. And some of you who know my story know some of the things that have happened in my own life. Many of you watching have personal testimonies of the power of prayer in your lives. You may know people who have experienced the power of prayer in their lives, bringing about change in their lives and circumstances. Let me ask you now, what do you need to be changed in your life through the power of prayer? I know that some of you are watching right now or listening right now. You need something changed in your life. You need prayer, a healing Something needs to be restored in your life. A matter needs to be resolved. It could be around finances. Why don't you stop right now? And why don't you believe with me in the power of prayer in the name of Jesus? Let me make a short prayer for you right now. And there where you are, just, just bring to mind whatever your need is. And let's trust God through the power of prayer to touch your life. Father God, I come to you right now and I lift before you, Lord God, everyone who is watching and listening right now. Lord, they need a touch in their lives. They need a healing, a restoration. They need wisdom. They need direction. They need finances. Lord, I don't know. You know, my God. And as they lift up their hearts to you now, as they lift up, they request to you, Father, I thank you, Lord, for reaching out and touching their lives according to your will, my God. 
I thank you for changing their lives, for bringing them closer to you, for causing your will to be manifest in their lives. Father, right now, as you are in this day of mourning as well, I pray, Father, for all the families, the friends, the relatives of everyone who has lost their lives in this pandemic, be it due to COVID, to gender-based violence, to farm murders, to normal sickness and disease, but because of this pandemic, they were in such unfortunate situations. Father, I pray for emotional healing. I pray that you will heal those wounds, Father. That you bless those families that have lost, that are in mourning. Won't you restore again, God, to them the joy of living. That the days that they still have on this planet, Father, will be marked by your presence and your joy. I pray for restoration, Father, in the lives of those listening this morning, Lord God. Bless every home, every household, every individual under the sound of my voice right now, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Receive by faith the result of this prayer. Amen. And continue asking, seeking, knocking. Hallelujah. And finally, the last point is this. Number four. The believer knows his identity. I can celebrate life because I know who I am. I know my identity. I know I am a child of God. Jesus once sent 70 of his disciples. They went out, they ministered. When they came back, they were excited because they saw answers to prayer. They saw people healed. They saw demons being cast out. But listen to what Jesus said to them. Luke 10, 7. The 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said, nevertheless, don't rejoice in this, that the spirit is subject to you. But... Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Jesus takes the focus away from the miraculous, from all the wonderful things. He says, as much as that is great, here's something greater. Your names are written in the book of life, are written in heaven. And this is the greatest joy, to know that your name is written in heaven. That is your identity. You're a citizen of heaven. Hallelujah. That is the greatest joy that can be. So, if you're not sure that your name is written in heaven, maybe now is the time to make that prayer, to surrender to Jesus, to commit your life to Jesus, and to make sure that your name is written in heaven. You could make a simple prayer right now and say, Lord Jesus, I need to know that my name is in heaven. Right now, I surrender my life to you. Forgive me of my sins, Lord Jesus. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. You see, simple prayer. If you missed that, rewind. Do it again. A simple prayer like that can change the course of your life for eternity. And if you made that prayer, believe that he heard and has received you. And your name is written in heaven. Here is what the word of God says that you are. 1 Peter 2.9. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own position, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's where you are now, in life, in light. Why is a believer all of this? 
because his name is written in heaven. Listen, are you celebrating life? Can you identify with any or all of these four reasons? Man, I hope so. Go over them again. Make sure you can identify with each one of them. And above all, can you rejoice that your name is written in heaven? Hallelujah. In the book of life. Listen, let these truths encourage you to realize that you too can celebrate life. Amen. Let us close in prayer. Father, thank you for reminding us today, God, from four reasons that in spite of difficult times or difficult seasons or challenges in our lives, we can still celebrate life, my God. Thank you for that privilege. Thank you for knowing that our names are written in heaven, that you are with us, that you are the giver of life, that there is power in prayer and that you listen to our prayers. Thank you, Father, for this, Lord. We thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Listen, may you go into this week and celebrate life. Celebrate life wherever you are, wherever you go. Have a life-filled week with the life of God in you. God bless you. See you next Sunday.